Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen and I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 110 of the Canadians Connection podcast and I'm pleased to be joined as always in studio uh, by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing on this fine day? Good afternoon, sir. I'm doing great. Um, I'm very excited for this episode, and one of the reasons we're calling it in general, uh, we've got lots of things to get to, and, and uh, you'll let us know uh, our, our table, our, our schedule of events here, uh, but we're talking about goalies, so that always yeah. makes me happy, and we're calling this uh, <laughs> the goalie plan, and in honor of that, I have a very special uh, long sleeve tee that I don't get out yeah. very often, and uh, received it from a... A uh, Canadian artist by the name of Brandy Satterley. She's out in um, in Victoria, and uh, a very famous painting that she did. Canadiana is her specialty, and she did a painting of Ken Dryden's pretzel mask superimposed on the Canadian flag. Gorgeous painting. Probably cost you a fortune to to own a real one, but uh, I was very pleased to get the Ken Dryden uh, pretzel mask. Um, artwork um on uh, printed on a on a tee it's a lovely shirt and i'm glad that you're wearing it today i was telling you before the show i don't think i have any 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 shirts that have to do anything with goaltenders I have carrie price jersey and i did have a ken dryden one but other than that i don't think i have anything to participate in this uh goalie episode that we have here today i should say you've got me beat as as far as the november thing now you had a bit of a head start <laughs> I, but yeah but my goodness that beard is I, uh is rather I, full and and impressive yeah. that's jordy ben territory exactly see this is what happens if jordy ben you know you get to the playoffs you're jordy ben you've had the head start on everybody so it looks impressive from day one <laughs> but it isn't it isn't really uh isn't really fair but uh you said that we were going to detail the map for today's show, and that's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, and Rick, in segment two, we are going to be looking at a pair of polls from the Athletic. Uh, a ranking of NHL front offices is one of them, and an NHL agent survey uh, is another one, and, and how that relates to the Montreal Canadiens, how they fared in both the ranking of front offices and the uh, the ideas, the uh, beliefs of NHL agents uh, as well, and and whether or not they think highly of the Canadians' offseason. So we're going to be getting to that in segment two. Uh, but before we go anywhere, Rick, we do have some news and notes to pass along, as we often do here in the first segment. And we're going to begin with a story that uh, an unfortunate story, because last week we we told you about Josh Brook being loaned 
uh, to Krefeld Pinguin in Germany. Hey, that was really good, and I didn't even have yeah. to play my little my little Krefeld clip. Krefeld Pinguin. Yeah. There you go. Just, so I'm just ha- keep that hanging around. Yeah, we keep that. Keep that. Make sure you have that ready to go. But, anyways, uh, unfortunately, he's been loaned. As we said last week, he was loaned there. Unfortunately, uh, he has tested positive for COVID nineteen, uh, and yeah, just a, a really unfortunate bit of news to pass along there. So, of course, want to wish him a very speedy recovery. This comes from uh, a German uh, website, uh, Eisen Hockey News, and uh, says that that Josh. Um, now is quarantined, uh, and uh, but he hasn't yet experienced as as many uh, have uh, have not. He's asymptomatic. He's not experiencing any symptoms. Um, so we know he went over there to get some ice time. It's going to be a while before he can get back on the ice. And just a reminder that uh, as with all the the other players playing in Europe right now, he'll be back for the Montreal Canadiens training camp as well as uh, Laval Rocket training camp. Yeah, and that was the the condition that we all sort of became, uh, that has become uh, known over the course of all of this, the Montreal Canadiens loaning those players over. They'll get them back for whenever the training camp begins. So hopefully uh, when Josh Brook returns, he has had a very speedy, recovery from COVID-19. Uh, but Rick, uh, another bit of information that we have um, this week, and, and it ties back to a conversation we did the They Said What segment featuring Rob Ramage a couple of weeks ago. And he talked about Canadian second round pick Jan Mishak potentially having a conversation with Thomas Plakanich at some point. And yeah, that that took place. And uh, Jan Mishak uh, getting uh, some information from his fellow countrymen and, of course, longtime Montreal Canadian Thomas Plakanich, and I think that that is a very wise choice for Jan Mishak. Boy, this is this is a fascinating story, and uh, as you said, came from Rob Ramage. He kind of telegraphed that that it was coming on, and and happened this week. They got together, had a coffee, uh, spent about an hour chatting, um, and Thomas Plakanich was uh, very, um, from all reports, was very impressed with meeting this uh, 18-year-old young man uh, just drafted by the Canadians. Um, it, I, 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 this part is, uh, Tom Plakanich was, was impressed that, that this young man had the confidence to pick up the phone and call him. Yeah. Um, this wasn't something that was arranged by Rob Ramage, by Mark Bergevin, by the Montreal Canadiens organization. Uh, this young man picked up the phone and called Thomas Plakanich. Um and and that impressed uh, uh, Plakanich. Um and it was uh, you know he he spoke about um, Jan's kind of uh, curiosity to learn and to understand what it took to become uh, you know he he said it wasn't necessarily um, super focused on on Montreal or those kind of, it was about becoming a good NHL player and asked very detailed questions about winning face-offs, about defensive zone coverage, about uh, the the difference between European hockey and and, and how to be a, a, a good NHLer. Um, and apparently the, the conversation went uh, extremely well. They had um, a good interaction. Of course, um, being fellow countrymen is, is the first thing they have in common, but they've also 
both played in Hamilton. Placanich for three years with the Hamilton Bull, the, the then American Hockey League uh, Hamilton Bulldogs, and of course yeah. Jan Mishak uh, with the OHL version of the Hamilton Bulldogs. Yeah, and yeah, you said it. I mean, I have a hard enough time calling to get a get a, a haircut appointment. So the fact that Jan Mishak <laughs> had the confidence to call. Thomas Plakanich, one of uh, the Czech Republic's greatest hockey players. Uh, I mean, that's that says a lot right there about uh, his maturity and, of course, the confidence that he has in himself. And, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. I think that Montreal Canadiens fans have to be pleased knowing uh, that Thomas Plakanich thought highly of Jan Mishak after uh, that conversation. Uh, so, Rick, you touched on, uh, we've touched on a couple of Habs prospects, some youngsters in the Canadian system uh, so as we have mentioned over the past number of weeks, the Montreal Canadiens loaning out players to play overseas. And we saw some uh, scoring this week from Montreal Canadiens prospects that have been uh, currently playing. That's right. And um, probably uh, the one who whose most eyes are on is Jesperi Kotkaniemi. And, yeah. and there was some concern that, that maybe... Um, he wasn't dominating, and we we had a conversation before the show started about, um, you know, Kakinyemi. Uh, we saw a different, we saw a very physical, a very dominating Kakinyemi in the return to play and then the playoffs, um, and uh, he tried to do that his first game uh, in his hometown, um, and uh, we saw circulating on social media a big hit that he made. But he put himself out of play and gave the opposition a good scoring chance. And his coach reminded him, with a bigger ice surface, uh, that's not the style of play that you can play here. And so he's had to revert back to a a more traditional European style um, and hasn't been that dominating force, which has concerned some fans. But it shouldn't be a concern. Uh, And it certainly isn't one for Kotkaniemi. He's getting some ice time. He's keeping up his conditioning. Um, he had uh, uh, two assists, uh, sorry, yeah, two assists in uh, yeah. the game on Friday uh, for a sat. And, um, and more importantly, one assist was on the uh, game-winning overtime goal. So he now has three assists, uh, three points in uh, six games, um, and uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely not. And we were talking, and I was saying that, this is going to be a benefit to him. And of course, I know that he's not unfamiliar with playing on the bigger ice surface, but given the way that he looked in the bubble, the confidence that he was playing with going overseas, when we know that skating, the mobility is the sort of thing that you're, you're looking at to be the next sort of improvement for Jesperi Kotkaniemi, uh, this is all going to be a benefit to him once he gets back to North American ice. I, I think this is nothing but... A uh, good experience for Jesperi Kotkaniemi, and he gets to keep up his conditioning, as you said. So, uh, yeah, good news on that front. And uh, just uh, breezing through a, a few other prospects, Jack Smith, uh, selected by the Canadians yep. at this most recent draft, had his first uh, USHL goal, um, had a goal uh, on Friday. Yes, it was Friday. Uh, yes, Yelonen had a, a goal, his third Um with the Pelicans, um, Lucas Vedemo had an assist on Friday. Uh, Alexander Gordine had two assists in his KHL game. And Cole Caulfield, uh, his first game, it was uh, with the University of Wisconsin, was uh, yesterday. Um, South Bend, Indiana, uh, playing up against Notre Dame. Um, 
Jake Evans' old former team. Yeah. And uh, Cole Caulfield uh, played on the first line uh, with uh, Ty uh, Pelton Bice and Linus Wiseback. Linus Wiseback. Uh, is the Buffalo Sabres prospect. Uh, I have to say Linus Weisbeck was, was the first star of, of the game. He had a, a multi-goal game. Uh, Dylan Holloway, who you liked uh, in, in the, the draft, uh, he scored a power play goal. Um, Cole Caulfield with, uh, with an assist and uh, a good first outing uh, for him with, uh, you know, there's going to be eyes on, on all of his games uh, this year oh, as well. absolutely. Absolutely, there will be, and um, yeah, it's it's going to be something to watch. Uh, and we know that his he has lofty goals for this season for himself, and uh, Habs fans will be watching very closely to see if he can uh, live up to his own expectations. But uh, Rick, seeing as this is the goaltender episode, seeing as you're all dressed up in your <laughs> your Ken, Gry- uh, Ken Dryden mask shirt, the lovely shirt, uh, we oh, yeah, want like to have talk one of those about masks. Oh yeah, that was that would be pretty. Wear it for the podcast, but I think you could. Yeah, I think you could. (laughs) You're saying it would be an improvement? Is that what you're saying? No, no, not saying that. (laughs) You're doing this. This is the second time. We're gonna get to the second time that you you did this earlier today, but we're gonna get to that in just a moment. (laughs) But Rick, (laughs) we'll get to the goaltending because Stefan Wade spoke this week, the goaltending coach for the Montreal Canadiens, and of course the Montreal Canadiens. Over the last number of years, the one thing you can say about the Montreal Canadiens is that they have got goaltending. They have got a lot of goaltending, whether it's Carey Price or prospect goaltenders coming up through the system. Uh, and that only they only added to that this offseason. And, uh, of course, the addition, uh, the big addition, uh, Jake Allen as a backup goaltender for Carey Price. So Stefan Waite touched on Jake Allen uh, and the acquisition of Jake Allen earlier this offseason. I know him because I, was, I know him pretty well. When I was with Chicago, he was starting with. Uh, I saw him a lot in the in the Chicago Wolf. When I was when I was with the Blackhawks, I, I always went to the Chicago Wolves, watch player uh, goalies, and he was there. And I, I always like him. He's a uh, he's, he's a good size. I know six two. That's the NHL average right now for a goalie. He's a. Uh, Pretty good technique. He's uh, sounds. He's calm in net. He uh, he lets the play come to him. Um, he's not all over the place. And uh, when we signed him, uh, I know I had a couple texts the or uh, from the St. Louis where they said he's a, he's a great teammate. And the most important thing is he works very hard every every day, which is very very important for a backup but other than that i got no history with uh, jake he was asked stefan wait was uh, if he had any kind of history with uh, jake allen said he didn't uh, but uh, it's not a goaltender who's unfamiliar to him as he saw him um, a few years back when he was with uh, when wait was with uh, the chicago blackhawks um, you know, all good things there, uh, and specifically the inside report from the Blues, uh, one of one of Waite's colleagues who said that he, he works hard and he's a very good teammate. Um, he went on, uh, Stefan Waite did uh, in French, to say that uh, he expects uh, 30 games for uh, Jake Allen, uh, and that would be 52 for uh, Carey Price, which is... Uh, a reduced workload, and I think that was um, that's exactly what they were looking for. Now we heard the thirty-game um, t- 
target for uh, Keith Kincaid as well. But um, Waite was pretty specific that Allen is in quite a different class. He said that they rank goaltenders. Uh, they have a, a, a letter grade uh, for goaltenders, and uh, and Allen is is a, certainly a step up from from Kincaid, which is great. The yeah. great news. Um, especially when you're paying that much for him. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, uh, now that those estimations are, of course, uh, based on an 82-game season and uh, whatever the prorated amount um, yeah. that is, um, that's what they'd be looking for uh, for Jake Allen. But uh, he sounded absolutely thrilled to have uh, Jake Allen within their goalie fold. Yeah, and I think that there's there's every reason for Montreal people within the Montreal Canadian organization to be optimistic about Jake Allen. And we go back to when he was acquired and the They Said What segment that we had devoted to Jake Allen. He was saying all of the right things. And the thing about that is, well, you go back to last year and, and Keith Kincaid said all of the right things. But as you said, there's tiers to this. There's levels to this. And Jake Allen has got a body of work that suggests that he can do that, that he can shoulder that 25 to 30 game load that the Montreal Canadiens are looking for or whatever prorated with that, whatever that would look like in a condensed or shortened season is yet to be determined. But he looks like he can handle that. And I think Stefan Waite saying that and, and getting the, you know, sort of sort of assurances from people who know Jake Allen a little bit better than him, that he's somebody that works hard. I think that that's, those are all great things to hear about a guy uh, coming into the fold. So that will be, uh, something to watch uh, this year. And as we said uh, last week, we were talking about the biggest questions facing the Montreal Canadiens. The biggest one is what the NHL, what this season's going to look like. And when we find that out, we'll have an idea of how much we're going to see of Jake Allen. Um, but Rick, part of the reason why you get Jake Allen is because there is a plan in place for Caden Primo with respect to how many games he is going to get in the AHL. And Stefan Waite touched on that. We got uh, McNevin, Charlie, uh, Primo, and Danchenko. And uh, so for sure, we're going to keep just two goalies. I mean, we need to, the, those two goalies to, there to play. And uh, we we want, uh, we want uh, especially a Primo, we want him to play uh, around a minimum 40 games. So uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a battle. And uh, we, don't, we don't know what's going to happen to with the waivers and all that stuff. Uh, we got a we got a plan for Laval, but for sure uh, uh, our priority right now that's uh, we need uh, Primo to play a lot of games. So um, we need Primo to play a lot of games. What's a lot of games? He said forty, and that's in a regular season. Uh, not going to have a regular season. So whatever no. the prorated amount of that. Uh, but he went on to say that he wants Primo to play at least 150 games in the AHL before uh, graduating to the NHL. Now, uh, if you saw, we remember when Caden Primo came up uh, and fans, some fans were convinced he was ready already to, for that backup role. Well, that, you know, that's just silly. He, he, um, he needs a lot of, of games and, and, uh, and to develop properly in the AHL. Um, uh, uh, Stefan Waite compared him, not not necessarily in style, but but used uh, Corey Crawford as an example, uh, saying Corey Crawford played 250 games in the AHL, uh, yeah. which was necessary, uh, he thought. 
So 150 games. Um, how long is that? Well, it's at least three more AHL seasons and, and maybe more uh, depending on what happens uh, this year. So again, uh, we always preach patience. Uh, you got to be pra- patient on, on Caden Primo. Um, he's going to, he's going to spend a lot of time in, in the AHL and that's a good thing. And that's another reason, as you just said, uh, that, uh, Jake Allen was signed to the extension. The other thing he alluded to there was the plan for Laval. And, um, he said, we only need two goaltenders right now. We have four. Um, so he said, uh, maybe some of this will be taken care of by, of, by waivers, uh, of that group, and that's uh, Primo, McNiven, Demchenko, and Lindgren. Lindgren is the only one who will require waivers uh, to go uh, to Laval. Um, Demchenko and McNiven, could they be shipped off to the ECHL? That's possible. Uh, Mc, uh, McNiven was bounced around to a couple of teams. Yeah. Will Trois-Rivière have their have their uh, launch. I doubt it. Uh, it doesn't look that way. Um, so, you know, there's still some some fluidity to, to their plan. Um, but regardless, the, the Laval plan centers around Caden Primo. Yeah, and, and one of my favorite quotes in professional sports comes from Lou Lamorello, who says, if you got time, use it. And the Montreal Canadiens with Carey Price have nothing but time when it comes to developing a young goaltender. There's no need to rush Caden Primo. There are other teams that have had needed to do that, that have needed to, to rush goaltenders before their time. And, I mean, you go back even to Carey Price. <laughs> Maybe he was rushed a little bit to get to the NHL when he was introduced back in the 07-08 season. But you think of Carter Hart, even though these are goaltenders on different levels than Caden Primo, Carter Hart is somebody that was rushed along as well in that process. Probably could have benefited from more time developing. He didn't get that because the Philadelphia Flyers and goaltending, uh, that has not been a very (laughs) successful thing for them in the past number of years. So you have time here with Caden Primo. You bring in Jake Allen. Whatever happens with, uh, we touched on this with Chris a couple weeks back, whatever happens with Seattle, we don't know what's going to happen with that yet. And if Jake Allen will be selected by Seattle, we don't know. But you have him in the fold as of right now for two more years after this one. So you have time right now to take Caden Primo and give him a, a workload in Laval that will get him prepared for the NHL level. You don't need to do that right now. Um, but yeah, so Rick... You touched on it. The other goaltenders that are of concern for the Montreal Canadiens, you mentioned Charlie Lindgren, you mentioned Michael McNiven. Uh, Stefan Waite also gave a, a brief report on uh, Vasily Demchenko. He's 26 years old. He, he played uh, Demch, Demch, He played, uh, two, 200 games in a KHL, which is a, a lot for a, for a goalie. Uh, the KHL is a very, very good uh, hockey uh, hockey league. 200 start, that's a lot. 26 years old, he's not very big, but he's very, very athletic. He's very, uh, I like his athleticism in net. He's quick. He moves pretty well side to side. So he's got uh, he's got uh, some good skill for uh, for for goalie. So uh, uh, I know uh, Vinny Oriendo, our uh, pro scouts what for a goaltender, likes him uh, very much. I saw video from uh, Dan Chemko and uh, I like him. So Stefan Waits only seen uh, Vasily Demchenko on uh, video. He's relying on the 
opinions of Vincent Riondo, um, the goalie whisperer, the, the particularly for <laughs> Russian prospects. Uh, we remember Vincent Riondo, uh, member of the Montreal Canadiens uh, goalie s- staff. He's he's been with the organization for a long time. Uh, actually, uh, acted as um, GM uh, for the uh, St. John's Ice Caps, and um, and now is focusing uh, on on prospects, European prospects, and uh, when a goalie catches his eye, he's sure to mention it. We should mention, too, that uh, Vincent Riondo was one of the first, uh, pl- not goaltenders, but players to go over and play in Russia, uh, learn the language, and, and uh, has tons of contacts uh, in that area. So when he says, uh, you know, here, I want you to look at a prospect, uh, the Canadians listen, and um, this is this is uh, a 26-year-old who has a lot of experience. Uh, you heard uh, Stefan Waite mention over 200 games in the KHL, and will help um, depending on what kind of movement happens, whether he plays in the the ECHL, whether he plays in in the um, AHL as kind of a mentor to Caden Primo. We'll see how that all works out. But this is this is an interesting depth piece uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and uh, I think that, as you said, there's going to be a lot of, of moving parts in this, whether or not who's going to be playing in the ECHL, whether that is Demchenko or McNiven. And we talked about McNiven quite a bit last year with all the sort of moving and bouncing around that he had to do at the ECHL level just to find someone to play with. But, uh, yeah, this will all become clearer as we get closer and closer to the start of an NHL season, whenever that is. Uh, And we're going to be getting to that uh, in just a bit. But, Rick, before we do, uh, the Montreal Canadiens this week, and this comes along with every other NHL team, uh, providing a peek at the uh, reverse retro jersey. That, uh, of course, has been talked about on social media. Um, and it's, look, it's, it's an interesting concept. And we were talking about this before the show. And this is when I, when I said that uh, when, you, when you asked if it would be an improvement for you to wear the goalie mask, that was the second time that, that you made, it, made a, a crack like that, trying to make me look bad. Because the first time is that what was when was we, is, yeah, I think that I think that's what you did. <laughs> the first time was when we were talking about this, these jerseys. And while it is an interesting concept, I think we both sort of agree that having the blue as the primary color for a Canadian's jersey as this one does, yeah, I mean, I don't know if I like that as much as going back to the alternate jersey that we saw them wear in the 06-07 season. And I said that you would know it better as a, a jersey. Yeah. And I didn't mean to that insinuate I was, I was that the- you were there. <laughs> But that's what you took it as. Oh, I just meant that you are a more of a historian than well, me. That's awfully nice here. That's that's what I'm saying here. But I like those jerseys. But yeah, this is an interesting concept, and I say that because there have been many fans over the years that have sort of tried to um, have have made this type of a concept jersey with blue as the primary color, offset by the red. And I, I just I don't like it because mainly because the drawing factor of the Montreal Canadiens is the history. And this feels like you're trying to sort of bypass that aspect of it and just, you know, sell jerseys and that's fine. But I I just, I just don't really like it that much. And we don't have anything really concrete to go on. It was just a six six second uh, clip that uh, gives kind of a concept uh, with, 
you know, as you said, blue is the primary color and some flashes of red. Um, I, yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm not excited about it right away. Um, and as we were mentioning in the pre-show, um, the, the one thing that's, yeah, I don't, I don't, in general, I don't mind, uh, third jerseys, uh, but I see what the NFL's done with the color rush jerseys, and some of those are just <laughs> god awful. Um, yeah. And and I I don't want to see the Canadian. You know I I liked the year, um, the between two thousand nine and, and the the hundredth anniversary coming into the hundredth yeah. anniversary year where they where they wore periodically uh, the historic jerseys, and some of those are are really nice. And and even I know the barber pole jersey gets criticized, but. Even that, um, you know, I bought one for my brother for Christmas, and and it's one of his treasured jerseys. Um, So I don't mind the nod to the, for the Canadians especially, the nod to the past jerseys. Um, But I'm not sure about, I'm not sure what's so retro about this reverse jersey that they're they're, uh, presenting. Yeah, it's, I I guess we'll have to, like everything, I guess you just wait and see once it's, actually tangibly there and not just a six second clip but we'll uh we'll wait and see on that but uh, early early returns for me are not good on, on these jerseys we'll just have to uh see how it how it goes when it's officially revealed uh but rick as i alluded to uh the nhl reviewing return to play options for the 2020 2021 season and i said to you before the show Return to play was uh, a phrase that I hoped that I wouldn't have to say uh, for some time. Uh, It gave me some flashbacks, uh, unfortunately, but here we are. And of course, we don't know, uh, as we talked about last week, that's the big question mark. What is this season going to look like? When will it begin? And that's that's really the, the ultimate question. I, I, I think we can say that um, the Canadian the um, NHL's return to play was not only successful for the Canadians uh, it kind of turned their miserable season around it was pretty successful for the NHL well not pretty it was very successful for the NHL they yeah. were able to end their season they were able to award the championship uh, and didn't have any cases that that was remarkable. Um, but we know afterwards there was a lot of complaining from the players about the bubble system, um, not having uh, contact, although that kept them safe, that kept uh, uh, the the cases out. Uh, They weren't comfortable uh, spending any more time in a bubble. And, I mean, we heard the the silly kind of comments, you know, I had steak five days in a row. How many days can you... and, And people who are struggling... Uh, we're yeah. rightly uh, critical of of uh, the players' attitudes, and I think now I hope that the players have kind of uh, understood how serious this is. and And there was some talk, uh, rather briefly, and by only a few teams, that uh, maybe it was best to scuttle the whole season and and uh, pick up again next fall. Uh, but that doesn't seem to be on the table because um, there's a lot of money involved here. Uh, not only by the owners. This is some greedy owners. Uh, this is this is uh, all of the employees that they have, and this is the players as well. Um, now they agreed uh, to a new CBA, which was supposed to include uh, all the parameters about returning to play, but that might have to be revisited, particularly if uh, moved to a, a a shorter schedule. Which I don't see how they can start on. 
January 1st or January 15th and get an 82 games. It, it's just not possible. Yeah. Uh, so there's been talk about a 60 game schedule and, and a 56 game schedule. Uh, we'll see how that all turns out. I think that um, now th- this was Gary Bettman uh, was, was out front this week uh, doing a media tour. Bill Daly was out doing a media tour. Uh, the NHL had a, uh, uh, a Zoom call with their board of governors on Thursday. Uh, the NHLPA had a similar sort of thing. Um, this and, and the, the NHL and, and the NHLPA reps, which has been increased, I think that's uh, the return to play committee is about 16 players now. Um, instead of the five that, uh, that were in the, in, uh, for the summer return, um, there, there. This is urgent. Uh, that's why Batman's yeah. out. That's why all these uh, meetings are taking place. Uh, when you s- start to to do the math here, if they want to start January, that means uh, training camps, which they've all 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 parties have committed to a two week training camp. Um, you, you work back from there. Uh, the seven teams that, that weren't part of the return to play have been promised an extra week because they've been off a lot longer. Yeah. So you have to work a week back at that. Uh, there's been a, an optional conditioning camp uh, uh, considered, uh, and maybe that's going to happen. Uh, you have to add in another um, well travel time for one for all the players and a two-week for the most part, in most jurisdictions, a two-week quarantine. Uh, so that's bumping it into November, and we are at mid-November. So yeah, I expect we're going to start seeing, we have to start seeing decisions this week uh, about some of these issues. Um, and it's, it's, it's going to be, um, you know, what's this going to look like? Uh, Gary Bettman and Bill Daly have talked about kind of a... Um, uh, a partial hybrid hub system. Um, maybe, maybe you host a, a team for and play all your games at home for a couple of weeks, and you you play two the same team two or three times, and then you get a week off or so it, it, during that time when you're playing. You'll you'll be in a in a bubble, but then you get a week off to go home and be with your families and and have uh, same testing protocols and everything that way. So there's, there's, and, and they also have to take into account the Canadian U S border. So there's talk of the Canadian division. They also have to take into account, um, you know, different rules in different jurisdictions and different States and different provinces all at the same time that North, well, I shouldn't say North America worldwide. We're seeing uh, coronavirus spikes as yep. bad as we've seen them throughout this pandemic. So this is, and, and the other thing, which you'll know, and we'll probably speak to more about, there's kind of a, a push because the NBA is going to be returning in December. So the NHL can't get left behind with that. Yeah. And just on that note, uh, a couple quotes that I wanted to read from uh, this NHL agent survey, we're going to be getting to in segment two, but they were asked about, the return to play and the hope of an early January start. And you had a pair of quotes here. You have one that says you can't have the NBA playing and us not. You can't cancel a season minus a lockout. The product needs to be out there. And another agent saying with the NBA coming out and saying they're playing on Christmas, 
that puts pressure on the NHL. You don't want to be irrelevant if you're not playing. Mm. You don't want to wait too far with the Olympics. And, of course, we've touched on that with NBC's uh, coverage of the Olympics. Uh, They want to get this thing uh, under control, or they want to get this uh, this season underway and and out of the way of the Olympics. Uh, if NBC with NBC covering them, so uh, yeah, a lot of moving parts with this, Rick. Uh, so we'll have to just wait and see. <laughs> that's the that's the name of the game this time with the return to play is is wait and see uh, when we when we find out some news. Uh, but Rick, as we said uh, in segment two, we are going to be discussing that NHL agent survey from Craig Custance. And the NHL front office confidence rankings for 2020. We are going to be discussing that in segment two. Stick around. We'll be back after a quick break. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Whalen19. With me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him on Twitter at All Habs. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. Uh, so, Rick, this week for our big topic segment, we have taken two polls from The Athletic, uh, one ranking uh, NHL front offices, uh, the other a survey of NHL agents. And they both tie in with the Montreal Canadiens, of course, the NHL front office rankings. There have been, uh, this is the fourth inter- iteration of this, I believe. Uh, uh, the no, they the did fifth 18, one. The fifth one. Okay, they did it there in was 18, two with, 19, yeah. Uh, there was two with um, uh, when Dom was with uh, the Hockey News and then three now with The Athletic. Right. So, yeah, we're up to, uh, yeah, the fifth of, of these rankings. And, and last year, the Montreal Canadiens ranked 20th. And I know that you went back and looked at the 18 and 19 rankings. This year, 
a little bit more favorable for the Montreal Canadiens. They moved up six spots to number 14 in Dom Lushizhin's rankings. And I, I did my best with the name, and I apologize to Dom if I got it wrong. Uh, but yeah, he uh, ranked the Canadians at 14 after uh, their offseason. And uh, Rick, I think when you look at this ranking and he, uh, you know, he goes out and, and there's some quotes in here that that reference Bergevin taking on a lot of unnecessary heat. And in that, there's also the good and the bad that this sort of takes into context the entire tenure of Mark Bergevin. And as I said, you went back and you read the 18 and 19 rankings and seeing where it stacks up with with this year's ranking. It's um, it's a, a very unique kind of uh, survey that that uh, Dom has put together, and um, it it surveys fans of each one of the thirty one teams uh, for opinions yeah. about their team, and then uh, a subset of that uh, of those uh, fans um, answer about um, the, every every team. Um, so you you get uh, a view of of uh, you know the Canadians, Canadians fans, that hothouse kind of environment uh, on on Twitter, and then you get a view of the Canadians from NHL fans who are not linked uh, to the Montreal Canadiens, um, which is which is kind of fascinating. Now mentioned that uh, he did the the survey two years uh, prior to to joining the Athletic with the Hockey News, uh, so he has a bit of of history. Um, first year at the at the athletic um, was 2018, and um, and and this is for all the the front office, uh, the scouting, um, the the pro, pro, both pro and amateur, uh, the draft. Uh, but this this kind of um, falls to the, uh, the the GM who's who's uh, looking after all hockey operations. So. Um, in 2018, uh, 2,000 fans uh, took part in the survey. This past year, 14,000 fans took took part. So, um, I, I think the the confidence interval is is uh, is getting higher now. Just for context, um, the Canadians' ranking in 2018 was 30th, um, mm. one one up from the last place and of course the Ottawa Senators were in last place in yeah. <laughs> uh, 31 in 2018 and um, the the quote that defines the 2018 survey was Bergevin took a team with a young core featured featuring a future heart winner future Norris winner future four-time 30 goal scorer and a third overall pick and he completely ran it into the ground um, so people weren't happy with with him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it said the big issue, and we heard it at the time a lot in on social media and from our our fan base, uh, the big issue with Montreal is the team lacks any any vision or plan. Um, and that that uh, there was all kinds of moves happening. Uh, Bergevin was happy to trade but that it was completely directionless. It was just shaking things up for the sake of shaking things up. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing for me is that uh, now he's been fairly consistent that there's been six um, measures, six criteria, uh, roster building, cap management, drafting and developing young players, trading, free agency, and vision. Those are the six um, 
items that uh, are, are they're graded on. Um, the public perception, that is general NHL fans and the Canadians fans, the, the results kind of mirrored each other. They were, they were very similar for 2018. Uh, the, 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 the Canadians fans had kind of a, a pretty uh, realistic view of, of uh, their front office and um, and it it agreed with what NHL fans thought of of the Montreal Canadiens. It was a, a in in every respect, uh, it was very close. Um, when we moved to the 2019 survey, um, the, there's there's been some improvement, as you said. Uh, they the Canadians ranked front office ranked 20th. Again, the same six categories, roster building, cap management, drafting and development, trading, free agency, and vision. Um, and, and this one um, that uh, the, the overarching feeling was that, um, uh, that in all the categories, the front office, Bergevin in particular, had improved except with respect to plan. There was really no idea what the plan was. Uh, yeah. and, and particular criticism in this survey was around the free agency. And of course that would come from free, uh, from Carl Olsner. Um, yeah. and, and that makes it, and also, uh, the Sebastian, the botched Sebastian yeah. Aho, uh, <laughs> offer sheet, which people were very critical of. Um, but at 20th, when you look at the, uh, opinions of the NHL fans and the opinions of Canadians fans, they were again, very, very similar of what the the Montreal Canadiens uh, front office uh, was done. Now we come to this one, this uh, latest survey, which was published uh, this past week. Um, and, um, you know, there's been uh, improvement again. And I think that's a good thing. Um, that's a, that's a great thing. And this comes from, um, you know, Mark Bergevin uh, was hired with zero experience, zero um, experience as a GM, which is unusual for um, a, an organization like the Montreal Canadiens. Um, and it's taken him time to learn. And, and he couldn't rely on his owner because Jeff Molson didn't have any hockey experience as such. Um, so they've worked together. And uh, one of the, you know, the early days were marked by the fact that Bergevin didn't listen to his advisors very much. He had his own ideas. And I think he's he's evolved. He's evolved and, and uh, sculpted out a better plan, at least the last couple of years. And he's been, um, I think, uh, more willing to listen to those good people that he's hired to advise him. So now we're up to 14th. Um, uh, the Canadians are in the in the front office rankings. Um and and again, that's a long way to go, but it's only halfway there. Yeah. You know, uh, the, 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 and I think that's what's mentioned here is the Canadians have have improved dramatically or Mark Bergevin has improved dramatically to average to middle of the middle of the pack. Um, and that's what's what the overall concept is. It says the overall vision seems a bit average. Um, the the group that's been assembled, uh, it looks like a playoff caliber team, but not an elite team, not a team that's going to compete for the cup. Um, and but it's you know they've come a long way from from being thirtieth uh, uh, in two yeah. years. Um, 
the interesting thing for me, apart from that, um, is we've said before that the NHL fans and the Canadians fans seem to have agreed, for the most part, in every category. This year, it's there's two categories. It's not even close. The Canadians yeah. fans, uh, based on the being uh, excited by the return to play, excited by the uh, the the playing participating in the playoffs, excited by uh, Carey Price's play in the playoffs, by Kotkaniemi and Suzuki. Um, the Canadians fans have put on their rose-colored glass, glasses yeah. to, to complete this survey in two areas. In cap management, um, they rank Mark Bergevin eighth in the league. The... Um, NHL fans rank Mark Bergevin's work as 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, in trading, uh, again, NHL fans rank Mark Bergevin's work in trades at 17th, kind of average. And Canadians fans rank him as fourth in the league among general managers. So uh, this is a real departure. And yeah. uh, either the Canadians fans have some insight that the rest of the league doesn't, uh, or they're setting themselves up for for a big disappointment, um, and I guess you know they they talk about the the improvements, and that's where a lot of this is coming from. Not only from the the uh, good play and the return to play, but also uh, the filling holes. Um, and uh, and Canadians fans seem uh, very excited about the the personnel that have been brought in, whereas. Overall, um, the, the, the visions, the, the thought seems to be, um, yes, yes, he's filled some holes, but in order for it to pay off, every single one of the question marks has to hit. Uh, he's yeah. got to have a perfect, a perfect record, um, which, is, which is fair. So, again, what, what we're, we're, we're offering you um, kind of analysis of, of what the, the, the fans are saying in this survey um, and it's, it's, um, I guess what we'd want to hear is where do you, where do you fall? Where do you, where do you lie in, in, um, in, um, reviewing these results? Um, cause it's fascinating. It's uh, for me as a math guy, it's very fascinating. Yeah. And I, and I think that this is something that when you look at this article and, and it's, it's pointed out here where the most faith, uh, where there seems to be the most faith in Bergeron's ability is trading. <laughs> the man loves to trade. Um, and he's been on the right side, Don points out, in trades involving Max Pacioretty, P.K. Subban, and Alex Galchenyuk. Um, the thing about this is, is that perception can change very quickly when you put in the work to change it. And I think the thing about Mark Bergevin for me is that I've reconciled that what's done is done. And it doesn't mean that the Sergachev for Drouin trade wasn't a colossal mistake because it was. It was. There's no other way to put it. It was. But there's no turning back. So what does Montreal do this offseason? They finally spent some money to add to this core group in addition to the young players that are coming up through the system that Trevor Timmons and the amateur scouting staff did a tremendous job of finding. So you have Carey Price and Shea Weber. You have Brendan Gallagher. You've locked in him and Jeff Petrie. There's been a lot of good work here that's been done in a short period of time to get the perception of the Montreal Canadiens as they are being run to change from that dramatic point of being 30th two years ago 
to 14th right now, which is middle of the pack. It's middle of the pack. It's not where you want to be, but it's a hell of a lot better than where you were. So with that, you acknowledge that, yes, Mark Bergevin hit a home run with the Weber for Subban trade, but he struck out looking on the Sergachev for Drouin trade. Mm -hmm. But if he's still going to be entrusted to run this team, which he is, that needs to go on the back burner for him. And he needs to focus on what's going on and who he has moving forward. And you add Tyler Toffoli and Josh Anderson to the mix. I think that that changes a lot of things for the Montreal Canadiens. We're still going to have to wait and see. But this is all to say that no GM's resume is without blemishes. The great ones make smaller blemishes than Mark Bergevin has made, but they still make them. Uh, typically, they come after executives have won Stanley Cup. So the thing that I look at in this ranking is you have Pittsburgh at 28th and Chicago at 30th, two organizations who have won multiple Stanley Cups in the recent past, who are just trying to hang on. And it's it's tougher and tougher to do that. So, you know, they come down a little bit hard on, on Jim Rutherford and Stan Bowman in, this, in these rankings. So the thing about all of this is that Mark Bergevin has still not accomplished anything. But, as you said, there seems to be a bit more of a concrete plan in place, and fans are Montreal Canadiens fans, Though they might look at him a little bit more favorably than they should, he's still done a lot of work this past offseason. And that's where I think most of this attention needs to go to because as you, we, we've devoted a lot of time to talking about, well, what could have been if you didn't trade Sergachev and what could have been if you loaded up that Sebastian Ajo offer sheet just a bit more. It, that's that What's done is done. And right now for Mark Bergevin, he's doing a fine job of getting the Montreal Canadiens to where they need to be, but they're ultimately not at the end. They're not at the finish line. That's that's the point of all of this, is to say that they're at 14th in a ranking of 31 teams. That's still not quite good enough. And Montreal Canadiens fans, I think they have a right to put on their rose-colored glasses, but it might be just a bit early to say that Mark Bergevin is one of the best at cap management, one of the best at trading, when he is middle of the pack at best. And I think uh, it's that cap management uh, that's um, that's going to be key um, because in two years' time, uh, the Canadians could be very critical of Mark Bergevin with yep. respect to cap management. So um, they have to have success and have it quickly. Um, and that is the, the whole cap management issue is something that came up uh, in quotes from the uh, NHL player agents. And, and this is that other survey that, that you um, introduced uh, when we started this segment, uh, that uh, the Athletics surveyed 21 player agents um, and gave them seven questions to, to react to. Um, and uh, there was some, we, we forget how influential player agents are, not only with their clients, but in the, the, their interactions with with the teams, and um, we're, we're going to take note of a couple of these questions that related to the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, and the question that we're going to get to first here is which team has had the best offseason uh, so far? And Montreal leads the pack with five votes in that category. You have the Ottawa Senators at third, and the Colorado Ave- or with three, actually, excuse me, and you have Colorado with three, Toronto with two, but yeah, the Montreal Canadiens come away with five with that question. And 
There's some quotes there. Montreal, I really like the Josh Anderson edition, though I thought Bergevin paid him for too long, which is something we talked about with the contract. It is it is a little bit heavy on the term, but they got it done. Uh, Montreal has filled the holes that they needed to fill. They brought in at least one, maybe two additions to their top six, added a centerman that they needed, and have more depth now in their bottom six. So, uh, reviews are coming in pretty good for Mark Bergevin uh, with this offseason. And, and yeah, that's that's to be expected. They added the backup goaltender. They added to their defensive core. They have a lot more depth now, and that was what their calling card was. That's what they wanted to be was a team that does scoring, especially by committee. Uh, and, and they're better equipped to do that now. And I think that that's, uh, that's, fair, uh, assessment of, that's a fair assessment of Mark Bergevin's offseason. So uh, the question is: is uh, I th- I think there was there was uh, no clear winner in as as they mentioned in yeah. the article, as far as who's had the best um, uh, off season so far because eleven teams were were got votes and then there was a an additional mention an honorable mention of of Detroit so twelve teams um, out of the the thirty one got. Uh, mention uh, that they they had uh, a very good off season. The Canadians, as you said, uh, with the most most votes in in five of of five. Um, it's interesting that we've heard uh, from a number of different sources now, and including now player agents who think that uh, uh, the Josh Anderson uh, contract was uh, too much too too long. We heard that uh, Dom Lewishin again. Last week, he was uh, looking at cap management. He mentioned uh, Josh Anderson and Joel Edmondson as two of the, the worst contracts, according to his analytic formula, uh, in the in the NHL. And and they haven't even played a neither of them yeah. have played a game yet <laughs> with Montreal. So we'll see how how that works out. But um, interesting, um, there seems to be. You know uh, that the, the Canadians are moving in the right direction um, from the fans and from uh, the the player agents. Yeah, and this is all good news. Is that the perception of Montreal has changed uh, quite dramatically in a very short period of time? Two years. I mean, a lot has happened in the last two years for the Montreal Canadiens. So. It's good to hear that you have fans who have taken notice of what's happening with the Montreal Canadiens, and you also have agents that have taken notice of what's happened with the Montreal Canadiens, and you said that can play a role in whether or not Montreal is a desirable free agent destination, and we just saw, and and this was something that I was surprised. I was surprised that Tyler Toffoli was a guy that the Montreal Canadiens were able to sign. Uh, I just wasn't expecting them, I wasn't expecting them to be in the mix for a free agent addition like that, and yet they got him. And I think that perhaps you look at all of the things that have transpired over the last two years and certainly what's what's happened within the last five months. <laughs> you know, that, that might change a lot of what's gone on here is that you beat the Pittsburgh Penguins, you take the Flyers to six games, that changes things a little bit. Uh, whereas, I mean, if things had gone the way that they were going back in March with a 71-point team in 71 games that isn't exactly a desirable location for free agents, I don't imagine. Right. But you benefit from what happened. Um, uh, well, it's, it's unfortunate to say that, but the, you benefit from the bubble experience and you get a guy like Tyler Toffoli in the fold as well as making a deal for Josh Anderson. So this is all uh, moving in the right direction for the Montreal Canadiens. Absolutely. Um, and 
well, now we just need a season. And that goes back to, yeah. <laughs> to what uh, we were talking about at the end of the first segment. Yep, and I guess we'll just, uh, as I said, we'll wait and see. It's the season of waiting and seeing, uh, as we did back in the summer, and we will do until we find out what exactly this season is going to look like. Uh, but as I said, there are agents in that very same poll that had said, if the NBA is playing, the NHL needs to find a way to get games underway. So we'll see if that uh, adds fuel to the fire. Uh, so, Rick, uh, we'll take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast, and when we come back, uh, we'll share some exciting news and as well uh, touch, uh, touch on the Movember uh, campaign that we've been doing at All Habs. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 110 of the Canadians Connection podcast. Jeez, I'm, I'm losing track of these episodes. They're just flying by, Rick. So uh, I have to keep reminding myself, turn the page back to the very beginning of my book to know what number we're at. But uh, Rick, uh, we're, we're, you can follow me on Twitter at JoeLa19. You can follow Rick at All Habs. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. So, so Rick... Um, before we wrap this up for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast, there's a couple of things we'd like to share. And uh, one of them is uh, news from, from my end. Uh, and you know that I hate talking about myself. Um, if there's one thing that you come to know about me, right. um, whether it's me winning uh, the fantasy hockey in my first year, the All Habs League in oh my first year. Uh, the, yeah, you know, uh, I, I hate talking about 
my own accomplishments. Uh, uh-huh. But but being uh, being uh, genuine for a second here, uh, I uh, I got the news last week that I got accepted to the College of Sports Media in Toronto, um, and uh, that will be uh, for next fall after I conclude my studies here in Newfoundland at Memorial University, where I've been attending uh, for the last four years since the fall of 2016. And uh, once I get wrapped up for that, for my degree in communication studies in French, I will be uh, heading off to Toronto, if all goes well, next fall uh, for uh, specialized studies in, in sports media and uh, I just I just wanted to take some time because when I started at Memorial University in 2016, I remember within, I think, maybe my first week, either my first or second week, there was an email from the communications uh, department, the communications faculty at Memorial University talking about an opportunity to go and be live at Mile One Center covering the St. John's Ice Caps for the AHL report for the All Habs Rocket Sports Media team. And I ran, my mom was working at the office inside uh, one of the offices at Memorial at the time. I ran and was like, I want to, I want to do this. This is what I want to do. This would be amazing. And so uh, through all the process, I, I applied and, I, and I, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to get that, um, get that spot to go down into the press box at Mile One Center and cover the Laval, uh, cover the St. John's Ice Caps, excuse me, for you guys and the the um, guidance and the help that I have gotten over the last four years, I needed I needed a boost in confidence to to do this. And the the help that I've gotten over the last four years from you, from Amy Johnson, from Chris G, from all of our teammates um, at All Habs, that is what pushed me to the point of knowing that I could do this if I wanted to do this. And uh, yeah, that's that's what I, I really wanted to wanted to say and wanted to share for anybody that is that wants to do this, that the All Habs team is a fantastic place to learn because I needed to learn. And you and you, you and Amy Johnson taught me everything about being a journalist because I didn't know much about being a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew something about being a sports fan. Being a journalist, uh, I, I couldn't have done any of this without you and Amy Johnson, without Chris G, without all the team at all have. So I wanted to thank you and, and share that with, with all of our loyal listeners. Um, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been an incredible week. It's been great. Well, it's very kind of you to say, and it's, it's, um, more than, you know, we love people subscribing to our podcast. We love people reading, uh, articles, uh, but I get the most gratification out of seeing, um, the growth uh, and development in in young people like yourself in this field. And uh, when I started this a dozen years ago, what I saw was, um, and no res- disrespect to the, to the uh, mainstream uh, folks, but a lot of people who had been in jobs uh, far too long, and there was all this fresh talent out there, all these really talented people uh, who couldn't get an opportunity because they didn't have the experience. And just so happened that that social media, Twitter was starting. We were an early adopter, yeah. kind of a pioneer in this particular industry. And we used that as a platform uh, to build uh, a brand and build uh, our own credibility um, so that we could offer opportunities for um, people like yourself. And we've had hundreds who have used us as a stepping stone uh, to their careers in um, 
sports journalism, sports broadcasting. Uh, we have many uh, alums that have moved on to TVI and TSN and RDS and, and all over uh, the globe. And we're very, very proud of that. And, you know, when I got that uh, application from you back in 2016, um, it was, there was passion, uh, there was um, enthusiasm, uh, but you also conveyed a willingness to learn. And, and yes, it's nice that we have the resources, we have uh, the, the, the human resources, Christy, who has a ton of experience in this. Yeah. Um, Amy Johnson, who was a, a former PBS broadcaster and an Emmy Award nominee. It's nice to have that on staff so that we could, um, you know, you, you came in and, and, and entered the um, in-arena por- uh, reporter training uh, so that you could be a credentialed uh, journalist for the St. John's Ice Caps. And uh, to be able to, you know, see that that enthusiasm in you, but it's more than that. You had a willingness to learn, um, yeah. and some of the people that that we have here uh, who have moved quickly through our organization have not had that, and <clears throat> that's what's special about you. And even when uh, in 2018 we we made some changes to our podcast um, offerings and we launched the Canadians Connection. Uh, out of uh, a number of other people who who wanted this, um, I saw you as as having the most potential, and and um, yeah, we you know some of those first episodes were a bit rocky, but yeah. you you <laughs> you really embraced uh, uh, this as a chance to learn and a ca- chance to um, grow and develop, and you're superb, and I'm I'm pleased to work with you every single week. Um, and I was, I'm thrilled that, that David Lannis, uh, who's a terrific guy and I, I know a little bit, uh, president of college of sports media sees the same kind of potential in you that, that we saw. Uh, and I wish you all the success, uh, possible as, uh, as you move to this next stage of your career, moving to, from St. Uh, from Newfoundland to, to Toronto and, uh, getting, additional experience so that you take closer step to your um your uh career in sports uh sports broadcasting sports journalism and and you're going to be great you're you're just going to be great and one day um it's going to be a sad day but it'll be a happy day when when you move to you know one of these big companies um but uh for now i think you're not going anywhere not going anywhere. Not going anywhere, no. which is good. Great news for us and great news yeah. for our listeners. Well, I thank you for all for all of your kind words. And uh, like I said, uh, listening back ten episodes ago, we had our hundredth episode. Listening back to the first episode, and I said at the time, and I will reiterate it again. Uh, I want to thank you and Chris G for carrying me through that last segment because uh, <laughs> that's always that's how we've approached every episode. Is well, I know at the end of the day. Rick and Chris are going to carry me through. So, uh, <laughs> and all of our great teammates, Amy Johnson, uh, Kate, Mike, every, the entire team this has been fantastic. So, uh, Rick, uh, we, we have some great news as well, uh, regarding our Movember campaign. And I understand that we've gotten some very generous donations, gotten us over the $100, uh, mark, uh, in our fundraising for the, uh, very, uh, you know, obviously a, a fantastic foundation supporting men's mental health and and all of those uh, sorts of thing we do it every year you guys doing doing it every year and uh it's it's great to see that we're getting these types of donations 
my seventh year as a Mobro, as they call it. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and so the the sta- or the facial hair comes out <clears throat> every November, and um, very proud to do that. It's it's uh, an organization that's very tied to hockey. Um, yeah. The players all get involved. Uh, we've been involved, um, and it's it's you know it's it's not only the fundraising. Um, there's community awareness about mental and physical health, and and um, uh, on the press zone, you want to go go back uh, this this past week uh, to Tuesday's episode of the press zone. We were lucky to have uh, Sam Wilson; he's a spokesperson for Movember uh, Canada, and uh, he came on, and he was very direct and said, "Men's health is in a crisis." Um, mm-hmm. and, and men don't speak about their, their health, uh, as much as they should. And, you know, they die so much earlier than women and there's all kinds of concerns that don't get addressed. Um, and particularly with respect to mental health. So, yeah. um, it's something we've been proud to, uh, be involved in both the awareness and the fundraising. Uh, there's all kinds of ways that uh, you can get involved, uh, whether it's growing facial hair, whether it's getting involved in a move challenge or designing your own um, uh, uh, routine for, for the month of November. Um, and I, I encourage you to, to um, first uh, go listen to uh, our podcast, but also visit our uh, Movember page. All you have to do is is uh, search for Movember and all Habs, all one word, all Habs, and it'll take you to our page. And and listen, um, we, you know, with times being tough during the pandemic, we've uh, backed off a bit in in uh, how we promoted the the fundraising. But it's still very important for an organization like this, who supports yeah. so many different uh, programs. Um, and I just want to mention, uh, we had a really generous donation from our good friends and listeners, Dino and Little Molly. Um, and the, the, the donation, um, also came with a little message that said, uh, to, to the whole rocket sports team, thank you for your community involvement. It's worthy and admirable, uh, rocket sports team. You've come a long way and, uh, we really appreciate, we really appreciate the donation that gets passed directly to the Movember foundation. And we really appreciate the, the kind message. Uh, from our our loyal uh, listeners, uh, we're we're very we're very uh, proud of that. Um, if you want to join our team uh, to to do a move challenge to grow facial hair, uh, same page you'll find us there, and you can you can make your own page. Or if you really want to make a donation, you can do that too. Um, this is an important important cause, um, and and particularly when you know. Um, all people are kind of avoiding going out, maybe avoiding the doctor. It's important that uh, that we 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 make some emphasis this month on the Movember campaign. So we're going to be giving you updates uh, as we go along uh, through the month. Yeah, and as you mentioned, you want to go back and listen to that episode of the Press Zone with Sam Wilson. Listen to that interview. Uh, we'd like to encourage you because we know that you want to find us. You, if you have found us, you don't want to miss an episode. We'd encourage you to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast on all your favorite, whatever podcast platform you choose. Search for the Canadians Connection podcast and hit the subscribe button. Then you don't have to worry about missing an episode. And the Press Zone as well. I search for the Press Zone and hit that subscribe button. And you don't have to worry about missing an episode and missing a very interesting and important interview uh, with Sam Wilson of the Movember campaign. Uh, this is uh, certainly a worthy cause and one that 
uh, we all need to be aware of going forward. And it's great to take the time this this month to to really reflect on that, to donate and uh, do whatever we really we can uh, to help out. So, uh, say, Rick, say you yeah. have missed an episode. You shouldn't. Yeah. You shouldn't. You really shouldn't. Yeah. But if you have. Um, how to catch up? Well, we have uh, a web uh, website. We have allhabs.net. You can go there and, and look for the player there. But we have a website devoted to the Canadians Connection, and it is canadiansconnection.com. Easy as that, canadiansconnection.com. A full archive of every episode, and you can uh, catch up um, on on all the, the back episodes uh, to get ready for this uh, season that's going to be upon us pretty soon. Um, if you want to also uh, catch uh, back episodes of The Press Zone, uh, go to rocketsportsradio.com. Rocketsportsradio.com will give you uh, all of our podcasts. That includes Canadians Connection and and The Press Zone. So um, we give you a lot of ways to to inter- to uh, catch up. We also give you a lot of ways to interact um, and we're keeping that Rocket Sports text, text line open 24 hours a day, so you can contact us, as some have this, this past week, 585-3-ROCKET, 585-3-ROCKET, or send us an email at info at allhabs.net. I certainly want, to reach, want you to reach out to us. Uh, that's why we call ourselves the Canadians Connection. We connect with all of our listeners every week here on this podcast. But, uh, Rick, even even if the, if uh, people want to go back and listen to some of the Rocky episodes at the very beginning of the Canadians <laughs> Connection that you alluded to, you can do that. CanadiansConnection.com. You can do that for the press zone if you would like, if you so choose as well. So, uh, Rick, we will say goodbye for another week here on the Canadians Connection podcast. We'll be right back with you next week. Uh, thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.